Hello, and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast. I'm Logan Finney. Voters in Ada County this week narrowly missed the two-thirds majority threshold required to pass a bond in order to expand the Ada County Jail. This, of course, is not an issue unique to Ada County. Other counties, such as Canyon and Jerome, have failed successive times to pass jail expansion bonds. For perspective on what a failed bond means for a county jail, I spoke with Captain Doug Hughes from the Twin Falls County Sheriff's Office. I'm Captain Doug Hughes with the Twin Falls County Sheriff's Office. I'm the jail administrator in Twin Falls County. So for context for our listeners, uh, when we talk about Twin Falls County, we're not just talking about the city of Twin Falls. Can you remind me just how much of a geographic area you guys cover? Uh, it, it's, it's like 2,000 square miles uh, in southern Idaho, uh, engulfing some smaller cities. Uh, Twin Falls is the largest city in our county. We also have Buell and Kimberly, uh, Filer, and uh, Hanson area, all in that, as well as some real small communities in, in the southern part along the Nevada border. All right. And how long have you been with the Sheriff's Department, and how long specifically have you been helping to administer the jail? Uh, I've been the jail administrator since 2006, and I have uh, been working with the Sheriff's Office for 33 years. And so in that time as jail administrator, Twin Falls County um, attempted to run a bond election in 2019 to fund an expansion of the jail, uh, and that was turned down by voters. Can you can you walk me back to that 2019 period and uh, what sort of capacity issues or other issues you all were seeing in the jail? Uh, back in 2019, we had we had about uh, 224 beds, and we were running roughly a population of about 260 to 290 prisoners. Um, obviously, we needed to expand our facility, um, so we we went out uh, to look to get a bond, and uh, and that uh, that that failed. It didn't fail by much. It was a pretty close vote, but it failed. And, uh, and you know, that, that causes some anxiety as far as trying to get the bed space necessary. Um, uh, luckily, during that time, we were able to obtain beds from another agency, 25 contracted beds, to help relieve some of that, that overcrowding that we have. Uh, obviously, 25 beds is not going to do it. But at that time, that those were the beds that were available uh, to contract with. When you're when you're talking about contract beds, that means taking people who would be booked at the Twin Falls County Jail and moving them to another facility because you simply don't have room. Yes. Yes. Where were the contract beds for your county, and and what sort of financial impact does that have on the jail? Well, it, 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 the financial impacts is really on the county. Um, obviously, that, that 25 beds is going to be close to uh, 600000 or better a, a year to maintain those 25 beds over there in Jerome. So after that 
bond initially failed in 2019, what was sort of the immediate reaction from within the sheriff's department? You know, of course, it's never guaranteed that these measures will pass, but what sort of feedback were you getting from the community? Was there uh, an appetite for this? Was there just not enough people who, who had enough information? Why do you think that that bond vote got close but didn't make it over the finish line? Um, I, you know, it, it was, we had a lot of community support throughout that. We, we did a lot of, of uh, town hall type meetings in different locations and, and explained the circumstances of, of Twin Falls County Jail. And, and over, the, over the past, I don't know, uh, probably a couple of decades, we've had crowding issues and, and they go away. We, you know, just depending on the year it was. But during that time frame, there was just so many that we were housing and the difference of our population, it, it, there was not, it, it was not gonna go away. We had already done all of the uh, specialty courts and all of the, all had taken, taken uh, advantage of, of pre-release programs and and things like that. Plus, our partners in the community, the other law enforcement officers, were were sight and releasing people they would have probably normally taken to jail, but they they weren't uh, simply because there was no bed space. And and we kind of are still operating under that to this, to this day, uh, simply because the crowding situation hasn't changed uh, a whole lot. Uh, since then, um, our, our our capacity uh, later later changed in 2020 when we had an addition, uh, but that capacity uh, basically got rid of some old annexes and gave us a few more beds. But we we've outgrown that as well at this point. Yeah, can you talk to me a little bit more about that expansion in 2020? Because this was after the bond had failed, but the Sheriff's Department was able to get some money from some of the coronavirus relief, some CARES funding specifically. What facilities did that actually help to build at the Twin Falls County Jail? Uh, it, it expanded it expanded our, our uh, cell block area and, and moved us from 224 beds up to 254 beds. But mainly the, the way we were able to obtain that was because of, of COVID and, and being able to isolate or move people in the facility to better treat or better, uh, I guess, uh, be able to identify and, and segregate people that were exposed to COVID and, and and of course, the ones that uh, were that had COVID, we were able to uh, move it throughout the facility with that expansion. And now today, with COVID not so much of an immediate um, issue that we're we're dealing with from an administrative side, has the additional capacity from that project helped, or is it kind of a wash with the smaller annexes you guys had you guys had to take down? Um, tell me, tell me how that's panned out for you. Well, obviously it's helped um, because it gave us an extra 30 beds that we didn't have before, you know, and 
but the the realization is is, is it's 254 beds, and right now we're we're sitting at 287 people, with 25 housed over in Jerome. And so what sort of issues does that cause for you as an administrator, having so many people and people in other counties, does that make your job more complicated? Well, it definitely does. I mean, we're having to move inmates for court and other things from those out-of-county beds. But as far as housing people in, I mean, obviously, uh, jails, jails are a kind of a a tight place anyway and, and everybody has their own personal space and in jail that that space is limited and when you're crowded that space even becomes more compacted which could lead to other problems and and trying to maintain control and safety and and all the aspects of running a facility and you mentioned a little bit ago that be in part because of these capacity issues um, your your officers and your deputies are using some of these diversion programs and specialty courts. Um, some of those programs people might not be familiar with if they haven't interacted with them. Can you can you tell me some of these examples of programs that can help people get through the justice system without necessarily having to book them and keep them in jail for a period of time? Um, with with the pre-release system, uh, basically those. Those those systems are are people that are are nonviolent, um, um, usually misdemeanor type people that have been arrested, and we we work through magistrate probation with them for uh, and the courts to get them put on a pre-release program, which comes with you know some some responsibilities to you got to do some programming and other things depending on the charges that you have it's it's all part of a coordinated release but it gets them out of jail sooner as long as they can maintain um you know not commit any more crimes and things of that nature to to be out till they get sentenced of of course and and if they complete the plea release program usually they get sentenced to no jail time and and it's usually a fine or something along that line. But we also have the specialty courts, which is drug court and and DUI court and and family drug court. And those things help a person that's in on a uh, that that's never been in custody before be be put through a, a quicker process in dealing with their their charges and and hopefully get into treatment and and avenues like that instead of being locked up in jail. Um, but for the biggest part is is those courts are pretty well overwhelmed now and and the pre-release uh, worked well in the beginning, but a lot of those people were finding themselves reoffending and coming back to jail and then not being on pre-release status any longer. So, I mean, it, it's it's kind of a revolving door but those those programs do keep our numbers, you know, relatively in the same area. For the last few years, we've been able to keep our numbers pretty steady, instead of instead of what they'd be growing uh, if we weren't doing the things we were doing. Sure, definitely. 
And that's also something that we've heard in Ada County, which had their jail bond on the ballot just on Tuesday of this week, that also very narrowly uh, did not make it across the finish line. And people in Ada County are also saying that they're using these programs, they're, they're sentencing people and, and moving people through the system in a way that minimizes the amount of jail time, but they're still dealing with overcrowding. Um, over there in Twin Falls, if you guys are also overcrowded after you were able to do this little expansion, what's on the horizon? What sort of plans are in the works right now to keep addressing that capacity issue? Well, uh, the, the county commissioners and the sheriff's office and are, are looking at expanding. Um, obviously, uh, we're, we're having to find other other funds, funds that we're 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 going to have to culminate ourselves. Because right now, I don't think is with the economy the way it is, and and the voters uh, are are not going to vote to do a, a jail expansion here in Twin Falls County. So obviously, we have to look at funding sources and maybe start putting things together where we can. Put uh, put another another bunch of beds. Obviously downtown we're kind of landlocked, so we got to look at other sites to put um, a facility that that is, and we may have to do it in in stages. But obviously we're we're looking at what we need right now to get these people uh, housed properly and. And for the for a few years at least, expand big enough to keep us from having overcrowding issues here in Twin Falls County. And so we, I mean, we we've talked about 150 beds at another location, um, and I, I think we can probably get that working in that direction. It sounds real positive. Um, it's just making sure that. We can do it within the monies that we've that we've accumulated for this project. So, all right. Is there anything else specifically about jail capacity or about kind of the state's relationship to the county jails that you think our listeners should be aware of? <clears throat> well, obviously, over the last few years, the state's been running at pretty much capacity as well. Um, and and so when they get start getting backed up, county jails get backed up, and some county jails are okay with them being backed up, but in a situation where where you already got over overcrowding, and and the state's not moving their prisoners once they're sentenced, it, it becomes real problematic. Uh, one, the prisoners want to get to where they're going, and and start doing the programming stuff that they need to do. Uh, and two, we just don't have the bed space for them. But when the state takes up all the other jail beds, I don't have anywhere to move anybody either. So it, it's kind of a push and pull from a state standpoint. But uh, I mean, we the counties have looked at different aspects. Uh, I mean, a sales tax to help build these facilities, things like that. that that just haven't really come together. Um, so it's kind of left on the counties to burden 
to the burden of building these facilities, especially with all the new growth and, and people coming in from the outside that, and moving to Idaho and to these other communities. And we just haven't, haven't been able to put together a facility that, that really accommodates for that, that the, as much growth that is going on uh, for uh, the time period. What's your relationship like with the other counties and the other county jail administrators? We mentioned you guys have some contract baggage over in Jerome County. Um, are, are most of the counties also overburdened or is there a bit of play where some counties could take prisoners from counties that necessarily aren't as busy? What's, what's the dynamic like there? You know, the, it's, a, it's a great dynamic. It's a, like I said, the other jail administrators are, are, are great people and they're running their facilities and and occasionally there is beds available and they will take them to help us out. Um, uh, but they have to keep so many beds available, you know, for people that are getting incarcerated in their own counties that sometimes those beds are limited. And, and I, I can't blame them if they, if they have a few open beds, they want to keep them open for people that are coming into custody. So, I mean, that's, and, and you know, and you got to think about classification and the type of prisoners that are you're going to take and different things like that. But the, the jail administrators are are a pretty tight knit group, and they they'll help out when they can. I think that a lot of jail administrators would like to help out a lot more, and they they unfortunately don't have the bed space to offer up either, uh, because most of these jails. Are, are running at, at operational levels. And so they don't want to start crowding in other, other, other counties inmates and having you have to come get them um, because they ran out of space. All right, Captain Doug Hughes with the Twin Falls County Sheriff's Office and Jail Administrator for Twin Falls County. Thanks so much for joining us this week. You bet, thank you. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Marcia Franklin, the producer and host of Dialogue. For more than 25 years, we've been bringing you conversations that matter. More than 150 of those conversations are with writers, and now you can take them with you wherever you go, while you're walking, around the house, or in the car. Just search for Dialogue with Marcia Franklin on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and remember to subscribe so that new shows download automatically. Enjoy.